0: Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Tonight in worship, you're so worthy, Jesus. You're so worthy, Jesus. Come on, would you give that unto the Lord? You're so worthy, Jesus. The King of kings and your Lord and Savior here today. God, we love you, Jesus. Lord, we come here on a Saturday night to have a touch from heaven here today. Hallelujah. Lord God, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice, God, that there be a sweet presence that settles on them right now. In the name of Jesus, we believe there's power in your presence. There's healing in your presence. There's joy in the presence of God. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Um, It's an honor to be. My pastor, man of God in my life, the ministry um, here tonight, the staff um, in this church, yet again. um, It's always an honor. I do not take it lightly to preach before you here today. You could turn to your Bibles, Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Feel a sweet presence of God here tonight. The Bible says, verse 1 And Saul, excuse me, and at that time there was a great persecution against the church was at Jerusalem and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria except the apostles verse 3 as for Saul made havoc on the church entering every house hailing men and women committed them to prison therefore they were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching I'd like to preach to you the simple subject, scattered disciples. Scattered disciples. Would you lay your Bibles down with me here tonight? Just let's say one more prayer before we go into this service. Lift your hands towards heaven right now. God, we pray that you anoint the word here tonight. I pray that you would break the fallow ground of every heart here tonight, God. Let there be revelation. Let there be renewing of passion, oh God. Help me to empower this church here tonight, to encourage this church here tonight. Lord, in the name of Jesus, everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Scattered disciples. Lately, I've been, um, been very burdened lately, and, um, burden for lost souls, that if you would stop and just stop the busyness in your life, and I know we could get busy at times with schedules and errands and things to do, but if you would just stop and look around you every day, whether you're on the job, whether it's your day off, you're at the grocery store, you're at the mall, or you're just in your neighborhood on your porch you would notice that there's so many people that don't have the truth of Jesus Christ. There are some that have some truth, but not all truth. There are some that are seeking truth, and there's some that simply doesn't want to do anything with Jesus at all. But you can see them going about their daily lives, and I would think and sit there when I was in college, and even here recently, the same burden's been upon me just to realize that I have what they need that there is something out there that they have no clue about, the baptism in the name of Jesus and infilling the Holy Ghost. This is the truth that we have here tonight, church. This truth is what our apostles and the disciples of the book of Acts died for. It was this truth that was so liberating, that was so powerful, when they received it and when they were empowered by the Holy Ghost, they were willing to take stripes for the name of Jesus. It was this very truth that they were thrown into lion dens and they were thrown into coliseums and they were ripped to shreds by bulls and tigers and lions that some disciples in the martyr's books said that they had ropes attached to their limbs and horses would stretch them until they ripped apart. There were some... Some that were thrown in boiling water, and there were some that was burned to death, or hung upside down on a cross. But why, why, just for this this Jesus name? No, there's much more to this Jesus name than what is written in this book. This Jesus name is something that we can experience. Amen. Why would you believe here today? Why would you come to church, and why would you come to Bible study? Why would you participate in activities in the church if you would believe something you can't? not experience. It's because we have an experience in God here tonight is why we're still here tonight. Amen. Because we have an experience of deliverance, some of us are still here tonight. Amen. Because we have experienced something more that's in a book, but we actually can obtain it, that's why we're here tonight. This name of Jesus is so powerful that the disciples went out in the highways and on the rooftops to preach it to all the sinners and the saved and those that were willing to hear. These disciples in the beginning were men that gave up everything to follow. Jesus Christ. They were fearless at times. They were committed, they were strong. They were world changers at that very moment. Every walking moment that they spent with Jesus, they they put their ear to his mouth to hear the wisdom that would come out any moment that they could have their worlds at one point in time though was flipped upside down. It was a moment that Jesus was crucified and all of his faithful, committed, strong, bold disciples that followed him for three and a half years were scattered. The Bible says that the smut, the smitten of the shepherd, the sheep shall scattered. Can I tell you that again here tonight they were scattered and they were fearful. They did not go where Jesus told them to go. They went into a room and was fearful of what the Jews can do to them. It was in John 20 and 19, and the Bible says, When the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of Jews, came to Jesus and stood in the midst, and they were afraid of what the Jews can do to them. This fear of the Jews was a serious matter. It was the Jews that were able to control the religious courts of that day. They had power to influence the higher powers of that day to make major decisions in the land. It was the same fear of the Jews that took place in the situation with the blind man. It was the blind man that Jesus went by and healed his blind eyes. The Jews afterwards went from house to house, village to village, trying to find this blind man and their family. They finally found the blind man's mom and dad, and the mom and dad because they were afraid of the Jews. They made an excuse and they said, go talk to him. He's a grown man, he could defend himself. They did not want to testify that they saw Jesus Christ heal their boy because they were intimidated by the Jews themselves. They were intimidated by what the world can do and what the world says, but can I tell you, we cannot be intimidated by what the world does in 2020 and we cannot be intimidated what's going on in the world but we must stay strong and not ashamed of the gospel that can heal eyes the gospel that can raise the dead it's the gospel that can save the sinner in the streets today they went to this blind man They went to him and the Jews at that moment was trying to stop every miracle. They were trying to stop every good deed that Jesus did. And they tried to intimidate this new convert and asking him who healed him. Under the pressure, as a result, he told his testimony that I once was blind, but now I can see. You see, church here tonight, there has to be something that gets on the inside of us. Not to care what the world thinks the way we dress or what we live for or what we preach for or what we're willing to die for. We can't give into the pressures of this world, but we have to stand confident in this day because it's in this dark day that the world needs to see a light shining on the inside of us. You can't give into what the world says, but you got to follow Jesus in every mountain, in every valley, in every situation, no matter what you're in. You have to stand for, for what you believe in. This was something that was a constant in that day. It was a constant struggle because every time there was a revival and that broke out in a village or an island, the Jews wanted to keep it hush-hush. They wanted to keep it quiet so nothing would break out. It's the world today that they want you to live in a constant system. They want you to live in something that will only give you a patch or a Band-Aid on you. They don't want you to find the truth, nor do they want you to have the truth. Because when the truth is brought forth, it's sets asunder. It divides. It pierces. It goes forth and exposes. I come to tell you that we need to preach the truth. We need to live by the truth. We need to preach the truth no matter if our neighbor believes it or not. No matter if the co going to follow it or not. No matter what our boss thinks or not. The truth is what we got to live by because can I tell you there's one-fourth of the good land out there that wants to hear the truth. There's somebody that's longing for the truth there's somebody that's praying for the truth but we can't be scared to live by truth here tonight praise God it's the gospel that they begin to shout on the rooftops it's the gospel that they begin to teach in every Bible study It's the gospel that they begin to witness on every workplace. It's the gospel that they went on in every walk throughout the streets of the synagogues. At one point in time in the Bible, there was two blind men that cried out to Jesus because they were desperate in for healing. These two men were rebuked by the multitude. The multitude told them to hold their peace. But the Bible says, but they cried the more. Can I tell you that when the world is trying to shun the church when the world is trying to quiet this gospel we've got to be more radical than we ever have before the world will proclaim ungodly music in the clubs and the bars but the church needs to be exuberant every Sunday and every Wednesday in worship service can I tell you you shouldn't let that mass distance yourself from the praises and worships of the God I'm not going to let this world or what's going on social distance me from God or or the way I feel about God because you don't know where I was when I was in my pit in my valley but there was a Jesus that reached down and picked me up and put me on top of the storm he didn't put me at level but he put me on top if you're one of those would you clap your hands unto the Lord right now When this world says that no one wants to live for God anymore, the more we reach. Why, Brother Giovanni, I'll tell you why. Because greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. Why again? I'll tell you why. Because my Lord and Savior said in Matthew 5 and 16, he said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works. When you begin to live like the Bible says. uh, You'll see the fruit begin to produce. uh, Because Jesus said, you have not chose me, but I have chosen you. Uh, I've chosen you to produce fruit. Uh, I've chosen you to produce something in your life. Uh, We've got a responsibility, church. And that responsibility is to be the light unto this dark world. It's very simple. We can't get it twisted. We can't get it complicated. It's the simplicities of Christ. Uh, It's called being a child of God when you're a child of God you give when you're a child of God you preach when you're a child of God you witness you change the atmosphere around you I believe every day I go into work I bring peace every day I go on the streets brother buster and pray I bring peace every time I pray in the mall I believe there's an end drawing on somebody that's been longing for something more why because I believe that I have the truth and the truth shall say You free here tonight The truth's going to set every drug addict It's going to set every prostitute free It's going to liberate this country And it's going to change the land That we live in today Praise God Praise God But They still were afraid They still were afraid after He said I'm going to send you a comforter That it will come When I'm gone It's going to be the spirit of truth. It's gonna be something that's gonna to bring to your remembrance what to say in the moment that you need to say it. It's gonna be the spirit that's within me. It shall be in you. It's gonna be the spirit that's gonna comfort you when the world is falling apart, when everything in your life is falling apart. It's gonna be that comforter by your side. And Jesus said, it shall never leave you. We've got to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost more. More than we ever have before in 2020. We've got to get down to the old path of our forefathers. When they begin to pray, they did not minister, they did not reach, they did not witness until they got in the flow of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because in your flesh, there's weakness, but when you're in the spirit, you're powerful. When you're in the spirit, you have authority. When you're in the spirit, you are the light. When you're in the spirit, you can make a difference. Do you believe in the Holy Ghost here Tonight, do we still believe in the falling of the Holy Ghost here tonight? That it changes people, it empowers us to be a witness in a dark world. Praise God! It's the Holy Ghost that sticks with you in every season of your life. I grew, in a, I grew up in a house where my life was not really perfect, my parents were not perfect. We had family issues all throughout my life. But I do remember very uh, seldom moments where I would be running outside playing as a young child and I would come in ready for dinner. And, um, or it was a late night and I was coming in after a whole day of playing outside and I would see my mom wrapping up the kitchen, cleaning it up and she would begin to uh, wash the dishes. And I, I noticed that she was speaking in tongues. My mom had a difficult past and has had a rough life in her life, but she recognized that there is something more that can help me than what I could do for myself. Every time that the bills got tight and every time we had to go to the bank or the store to borrow money just to pay the utilities of our duplex that we lived in, it was my mom when she began to wash those dishes. She began to have hot tears roll down her face, and she would begin to speak in tongues and pray in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it's in Romans 8 that says it helpeth our infirmities in our mind and in our body. That what that means is that you're limited here tonight. That you're not perfect and not everything's going to be perfect in your life. But Jesus promised us one thing and that thing was a comforter that will never leave us nor it will never forsake us. Can I tell you that if you're in a dark place in your life, all you need is a fresh dose of the Holy Ghost. You don't need another good preach message, nor do you need another good worship set. You don't need somebody to give you money here tonight. You don't need somebody to help pay your bills. What you need is a baptism of the Holy Ghost here tonight, because it's what the Holy Ghost that no man can do. It's what the Holy Ghost can do, that no help from the government could do. It's the following of His Spirit. It's the infilling of His Spirit that we live, and we breathe, and we move, as Paul said. If you believe that, lift your hands towards heaven right now. And Lord, say, Lord, baptize me, baptize me. A fresh, a new renewing of your spirit. God, pour hot oil all over me once again. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. But it was the spirit that these disciples needed. It was the spirit that made them complete. To set them on course for the greatest revival the world at that time has ever seen. If you turn with me in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And Jesus, he said unto them, excuse me, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, unto the othermost parts of the earth. They were entering in a time What Jesus built for three years was beginning to be destroyed every day afterwards. The Roman government wanted nothing to do with this name of Jesus. These disciples at that time of persecution needed to follow the Holy Ghost. They needed the power of to be a witness unto all men in the religious courts and in the synagogues. Can I tell you that it was what Jesus prophesied unto them in 1 and 8, that they shall receive power once they receive the Holy Ghost. It was the same Holy Ghost when they were filled in Acts 2 that activated a revival in Acts 8. You see here today that we live in a time where persecution is a amongst us. It may be different persecution in America versus Africa, but there is a spirit of persecution that is creeping upon the truth and creeping upon the church. Just a little bit ago the government would allow the people to go to clubs and allow them go to bars but they wouldn't allow the church to worship or preach the name of Jesus or in gathering of people can I tell you that we need to open our eyes to what's happening here today but what happened in Acts 8 and 1 is what we need to follow here today because in our reality Jesus said in Matthew he said these signs and these things shall come they have to come but can I tell you it's actually what persecution did. It was, Brother Cody, the missing element of revival because when persecution was great in Jerusalem, they went to the exact places that Jesus said you shall go and be a witness unto me. Can I tell you that we need the power of the Holy Ghost in every single one of our saints here today. It cannot depend on the pastor or the staff of the church. It cannot depend on the outreach director, but we need the body, arms, and legs to move forward and to begin to gather the harvest because when they tell us we can't have church, we need the disciples to have church in their homes. When they tell us we can't have church or we can never preach this name, we need people to be bold and proclaim the name of Jesus. Praise God. They were scattered disciples, but they were scattered all in the right places. Can I preach you here tonight? They were scattered disciples, but they were scattered all in the right places. You see, you wonder why you can't get the house because maybe God wants you to witness to your neighbor. You wonder why you can't move on from that job. Maybe because there's a coworker right down the aisle that needs you to witness to them. There's sometimes we get stuck in life, but we got to make with what we have, and we got to do a work for Christ, uh, no matter what season, no matter what pit, uh, no matter what prison Joseph. because what you do in the prison uh, will allow you to go to the palace, uh, what you do in the low moments of your life, uh, and how you react in life, no matter what the doctor says, no matter how much money's in the bank, I'm going to do a work for God here tonight Hallelujah, hallelujah. I went through the hardest time in my life a couple years ago before I got married. Only a few people knew in this church. Uh, Pastor Nehemiah remembers that moment. Oh, man. I was single. I was living in an apartment by my own, paying my bills. I had student loans, hundreds of dollars a month I had to pay off. Anybody remember I had that duct tape car, too? Hey, 94 Honda still running today. Um, But... I had all kinds of issues, things breaking down. And on top of it, I was working at the hospital, the worst job of my entire life. I worked till my eyes were red every day. I got up super early and worked hard and hard with no guidance, not to get into the details. But can I tell you, it was a horrible time in my life. It was a time that certainly got to the point it was weighing me down so much. I didn't even want to go to church. I would sleep in the men's prayer room before Sunday night started because I was so exhausted and so stressed out. I was tired of the struggle that I was in. But can I tell you that when I was working from 6 o'clock in the morning, there was one night I didn't get off till around 2.30 the next morning. I was working two jobs trying to save up money to get married and to buy a ring. And in my, in, in my second job, I went to a, re- a restaurant after I worked a full 10 to 12 hours at the hospital. I was so stressed out that my second job dealing with that drama Dealing with the cursing, dealing with the drama, dealing with all the stuff that comes with the restaurant, it actually relieved my stress. I was at a low moment in my life, but there was a lady by the name of Stephanie that was there, and God began to highlight her in my spirit. And when I felt like I was Joseph in the prison, I still wanted to do something for God, even though I was constantly working every day of my life and every hour, just enough to eat and sleep. And I began to witness unto her and invite her to church. I eventually quit that job, and I eventually went on my honeymoon thinking that I was never gonna come back home to a job. They were trying to get rid of me, Pastor Cody. I was under immense stress. But in that season, can I tell you, I planted a seed that began to grow. You see, evangelism, you're a spiritual farmer. You plant, you water, and you let God give the increase. And can I tell you about a year and a half later, two years later that she's been coming to church last month for four weeks straight every Sunday and can I tell you is at that very spot last Sunday she began to cry, lift her hands and weep before God can I tell you that under persecution and hard times in your life uh, there's other people around you that need you to witness to them Uh, there's reason why we have pain because maybe God wants to shift you somewhere to be a witness unto somebody, can I tell you for two years straight our pastors preached about reach and nothing else but reaching. We can't sit here and get back to normal. There's a neighborhood that you live in that needs to be reached. There's a company that you work for that need to be reached here today. God is trying to revive the body so the body can bring in the harvest and I come to tell you he's doing it right now. He's doing it amongst the body, but we can't be distracted by what's going on in this world. We can't be distracted by the mask. We can't be distracted by the virus. Uh, we live in a day of technology. Use it. But we've got to still reach this lost world uh, before Jesus comes back. <laughs> it's my burden here tonight. I didn't come to preach a pretty sermon. I can't sleep at night sometimes. I can't at I sometimes knowing that there's people at my job going to hell if I don't witness to them or if I don't choose the right words to say to them can I tell you what prayer can do recently my neighbors have been coming for a month straight I tried to witness to Rick for weeks and months on end he would shut me down every time he would shut everything down the moment I mentioned of God but one night I caught on my knees and this is what I said to the Lord I said Lord I'm not asking asking amiss. I'm not asking on my own benefits. I'm asking to add to your kingdom. And it was that very next week uh, he showed up in church and was crying in his wheelchair and lifting his hands before God. Sister Connie, you're his neighbor on the other side. He told me the other day, he said, Gio, I just want to tell you I love you, but I'm coming to church Sunday and I'm believing he'll be here again tomorrow morning on Sunday. If you believe that once you get up and clap your hands because God wants to give you the same favor to go reach your people and your world oh come on I'm going to just tell some soul winning uh, stories here tonight to encourage you that you could do the same here tonight The Bible says, Jesus said in chapter 4 of John, after he witnessed to the woman with the pot of water, the Samaritan, he said later on, he said, lift your eyes, for the fields are white and ready to harvest. But he goes on to say that the reaper and the sower shall rejoice together, that you're going to fields that you did not labor for, but you're bringing the harvest that's ready to be picked. Can I tell you that sometimes you don't get them on the first try, but you got to plant that seed so when it grows up later somebody else may reap the harvest but at the end of the day someone waters and someone plants but God gives the increase I was teaching a Bible study to a young adult here this past year everyone knows I think Cade and Cade and I were texting back and forth and uh, begin to text and he said yeah man this guy used to deal drugs with back in the day uh, this guy was asking about God and stuff and I said oh, well we'll be praying with him just get him to church months go by I mean months I never even knew I had that conversation with Cade and we began to go to Applebee's brother Nehemiah the whole group from church went, well, we probably went there what 3 4 weeks in a row on a Sunday night and something got over me I said how can we as preachers how can we as saints of God have the truth and have someone serve us food and never give him a chance of salvation? I handed him a card and can I tell you that was the exact same guy that Cade used to deal drugs with and during quarantine we baptized him on a midnight Thursday night here at the church I tell you that you need to go to the same restaurant and go, wit- go witness and win your waiter and your waitress to God they're all over the place, there's thousands of people between your house and the church that you could go reach but God is saying I have one prayer request, is them that go out to my harvest and bring it into the house of God because why? It's the will of God that this house would be full not empty but these rows be full with all kinds of people. We don't care what they look like here tonight. We don't care what they say or they messed up or what they smoked the night before all we care is the house is full and I'm doing my father's work. I pray before I'm done preaching at the fire of the Holy Ghost Upon you and empower you to do a work for Christ. Let <laughs> your hands right now. There's an impartation right now. I pray, Lord, my passion that I've had for months uh, would drip on these people here tonight. I pray, Lord God, when we will leave this place uh, when in somebody within the week, when somebody within the month, bring somebody to God. <laughs> can't be afraid you can't be afraid the church is scattered right now the church is different right now we're running three services instead of two on the weekends. The church is different. Social distance in the mix now. We're scattered in our minds, but our faith cannot be shipwrecked. Because why? Because God may scatter us and allow us to be scattered so we would be in fields that we would never reach before. So we would be in places and neighborhoods. We would preach the gospel that we never would have before. We can't lock God in a building, but We gotta let him loose in our families We gotta let him loose everywhere He's got to be proclaimed in this city So we can bring in the harvest So passionate recently I was reminded, Phil to tell this tonight I was reminded in school In college I made vows to God in prayer I said God Hi, you know I probably preached two times in my life when I was 19. It was when I was in college but I said, God, I said, Lord I said, I don't want to open up service with prayer. I don't want to sing another song. I don't want to preach another five minutes of fire before I have a new, a new convert in the seat sitting next to me. I made those types of vows and those are the vows that we have to make. We have to get desperate for what in this world because they need somebody to be desperate for them because every day of their life, they're desperate to live another day they're desperate wondering who's going to reach me who's going to help me here today I come to tell you we've got to have a hunger inside of us that says I'll do anything to reach anybody I'll do anything to reach somebody it was in that time when I was in college I was so desperate I said I never want anyone to God I grew up in this my whole life I just never did I just learned how the good church and go home. Eat fried chicken, whatever you eat. I don't care, lasagna, stuff I grew up with. We just we had good church, we went home, and that was it. But something got on inside of me when I heard my pastor preach about winning people. Oh man, did he stir me? I'm thankful our pastor's a soul winner. Praise God. I'm so thankful we have the man of God in our life. Would you give a hand clap for your pastor here tonight? I begin to I begin to praise and seek God. There's a young man by the name of Sebastian that would have his headphones in, in the dorm. And I made up in my mind in my senior year, all the upperclassmen were most of my friends. I lived in another dorm room that wasn't connected with much of the freshmen. I said to myself, I said, well, it would be wise if you want to win somebody, go insert yourself and live in the freshman dorm, even though I was a senior. And I did so. And I began to see these freshmen and the most young adults when they're in college, they try to explore the religion. They kind of explore their faith. And I begin to pray. And fast and see God. It's God highlighted Sebastian in my mind. And I went up to him, and something came over me. I was so afraid and fearful to witness to somebody, just getting over myself. And the Lord said, Witness to him. I backed up in that door and I simply asked him, I said, Sebastian, maybe having two conversations with him ever. I said, You want to come to church with me? He agreed to come to church with me. And weeks went by. And he began to feel the presence of God he never felt before. He began to feel, and on Wednesday night, God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And Pastor was given instruction. And I'll never forget it, Pastor Benny Nutter. I'll never forget it that night. I said, Sebastian, Sebastian, you got to stop. you got to stop. He looked at me, serious. He said, why Why'd you make me stop? I said, we got to hear the pastor speak. Can I tell you that there's people out there that need the infilling of the Holy Ghost here tonight? they need that longing that's that void inside of them that hasn't been fulfilled that drugs can't satisfy that alcohol can't satisfy that pornography cannot satisfy that uh, every other woman cannot satisfy this world needs the Holy Ghost but it didn't stop there he had parents that had three doctorate degrees his dad was over a psychiatric company that would send counselors and psychiatrics to hospitals to serve them and help them with their capacities his his mom had two doctorate degrees. His mom was in study of aging people and older and elderly people that needed health that had health concerns and issues. Can I tell you that was one Sunday that they both came by and matter of fact that they recently went through a divorce. His dad had his other partner with him and his mom was there. They were living in such a, a numbness and they they had so much sin in their life they didn't really realize that we just went through a divorce. They acted like everything was okay. But can I tell you that they drove all the way from Washington D.C. to Zanesville, Ohio to check out what Sebastian was experiencing. And when they came, my pastor, lo and behold began to preach about success. It's not everything. They sat in that back corner and as pastor began to preach under the anointing, I began to see hot tears and hot and stirry eyes and stirred hearts in the backseat. They begin to lift their hands and begin to seek God can I tell you, when you build an altar Not a tent lot But when you build an altar You can get a hold of God God will move on your behalf uh, The music can come We live in Sodom Gomorrah We live in a time Where they'll hear anything they want to hear They'll believe in anything that will satisfy their flesh Will satisfy them And the way they live life And how they choose to live That's the time we live in But we don't need lots here today Because Lot built his tent Towards Sodom Gomorrah Eventually found himself In Sodom Gomorrah But we need somebody Like Abraham that gets a hold of God Every chance he got We need somebody to build an Altar here tonight That will have the hand of God Reach for your lost family member That would have the hand of God reach for the boy and girl that's riding their bike and their scooter up and down the street they would reach for somebody that's addicted to heroin or crack cocaine we need a church that would build an altar that would bring in the harvest here tonight we can't be focused on what the world is doing and what's going on in the world but we need to reach this lost and dying world we need to reach them till the day we die Hallelujah. We need to reach him. We need to reach him. A quote I just recently read. We're scattered church. It's a different time. But we cannot focus on what's going on. We must focus on the loss that's out there. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. He made a statement. He said not called, did you say? Not heard the call. I think you should say, put your ear down to the Bible and hear him bid you go and pull sinners out of the fire of sin. Put your ear down to the burden of agonizing heart of humanity and listen to its pitiful wail for help. Go stand by the gates of hell and hear the damned entreat you to go to their father's house and bid their brothers and sisters and servants and masters not to come there then look at christ in the face who mercy you have professed to obey and tell him whether you join heart and soul and body in the circumstances and march to publish his mercy to this world. Can I tell you that we have to get desperate as a church, that we've got to push aside the busyness. We've got to push aside the things that distract us, and we got to get alone, with God, and we got to wake up every morning and say, God, what is my mission today? Who do you want me to reach today? Who do you want me to witness today? Lead me in their path today. We've got Selfless prayers because Jesus said, I know what you have before you even ask it. I know what you have, but there's a lost world that you got to pray for. What if we could pray right now? What if you could see God right now? Don't let the burden die. A burden's like a baby, if it's not fed, it'll die. There's some under the sound of my voice you were so passionate for God you were so on fire for God and that passion began to dwindle and die because the busyness and circumstances in your life you can't be focused on the chains around you while you're in prison Joseph there's a butler in prison that needs you to restore him there's a butler in the prison that's that needs you to speak a word of life to him during your persecution, God's going to place you in places where you're going to have the greatest ministry that you ever saw fulfilled in your life. It's during the hard times that God will use you the most. But there's some here today that's got to get a refreshing in their soul. That's got to get a renewal passion for lost people. That's got to travail before God until Christ is formed in those lost, dying souls here today can we pray? Could you lift your voice unto God right now? Wherever you're at you can kneel, you could come to an altar but I want you to get a hold of God so you can have that passion to go reach somebody. So you can have that passion once again to go witness to somebody. It's not about gifts or talents here tonight. It's not about the protocol of church service. It's not about how many times you preach or or how many times you witness or, or how many times you sing. But it's about who you're bringing to church. It's about who you're reaching here today.